Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Are your deals falling apart? Here is why, part two. So we're going to be getting into the nuts and bolts of what we refer to as the ultimate addendum um, that we started on yesterday's podcast. So make sure you're taking notes. Julie and I covered probably too many things yesterday. It was more of a, I would say, certainly not a call for newbies, but something newbies can listen to and kind of mentally make a list of things they have to learn. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday today. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. It's always my pleasure. And a quick uh, just shout-out to all of you guys that are in the way of Hurricane Michael this time, which is, I guess, mostly the panhandle of Florida. And then Hold on. They didn't name this one after a woman? <clears throat> no, they alternate. They go through the alphabet alternating men and women, I guess. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. I thought maybe the weather yeah, people were finally thing. becoming PC. <laughs> no, probably not. You t- I don't know. You tell me the name of a – look, you tell me the name of one single – uh, hurricane or blizzard that's named after a man. Give me one. Miss well, Weatherby. There was a hurricane Hugo. There was what was our Texas hurricane last year? No, Hugo Hugo Hugo's just Hugo's just a, what a was big the one last year? you know strong. I can't remember, but it was it was a Hugo. male right. hurricane. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right, you may have won. But our hearts and prayers go out to those of you who are in that path. They have said that if you have not yet left that uh, basically you could be toast and you'd better be hunkering down and uh, count on all of your trees being gone and the roofs leaving your homes. And if that's you in that market, you know, make sure you're listening to the podcast we did about two weeks ago when Florence was coming through the Carolinas because we did a particular uh, podcast saying uh, what to do when disaster strikes. First, put your own oxygen mask on first, take care of yourself and your family, your pets, et cetera, your house, and then what to do after Everything settles a bit, and there were some very specific things with regards to outreach to your past clients, your sphere, your current listings, your pendings. You know, so we are thinking about you guys. And for all my Premier Coaching members, if you can, you know, log in uh, to the call and let us know you're okay. If not, we understand. Take care of yourselves, and I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that after it settles down. <clears throat> so that's that. Just had to say that. Uh, and then a special welcome to all of our new members. You guys are logging onto the private Facebook page. I think there's been almost 10 referrals that have exchanged hands amongst our Premier Coaching members just in the past two or three days. So uh, make sure you're logging on and capturing those. And then we are ready to get on to the actual ultimate addendum, what to do to prevent your deals from tanking at the 11th hour. Ready to jump into that, Tim? Um, yes, but give me two seconds. Uh, I probably sure. I, you I didn't ask you this question this morning. Have you seen an influx of people asking you, the agents asking the brokerage question, should I stay, should I go, which how should I choose my broker? Have you personally yeah. seen an increase in that? Yeah, me too. I have. So, and um, I think it's a symptom a lot of the year. season. You know, these guys are t- are thinking yep. about what they're going to do next year and uh, their plans. So yeah, I'd say there's an uptick for sure. We, so we have not done this in the past, but we should do a series uh, this year on all the questions that we're getting about brokerage because we get a ton. 
you know, and it, this is the right time of year to be asking yourself those questions too, guys. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a survey. So podcast listeners, listen to this because you're going to get a link to it, which is sort of going through asking you uh, what you think are the most important things when choosing a broker, what you like about your broker, just different things so that we can make sure we hone in on what content we should be delivering so we can give you guys the best value on the podcast. Um, the idea is that brokerage is not what you guys think it is. A lot of times, a lot of you, many of you, especially new agents, new agents, you're the ones most guilty of this. You make assumptions about what your broker actually is going to do for you. And I'll give you an answer right now. Save the effort, and it doesn't matter which brokerage you go with. It's just, you know, the answer is virtually nothing. Your success or your failure is not in any way dependent on your broker. Um, just isn't. Please don't kid yourself about that. Your broker is maybe provides some cursory training, but most of the training they're going to provide is going to be contract, uh, you know, how to fill out disclosures and agency forms and just basic stuff, stuff that's going to make it so that you don't get sued or rather they don't get sued. And it's, you know, basic core stuff, kind of stuff that's maybe a little bit like what you got in your pre-licensing plus a little. That's what brokers do. Brokers do not – there are exceptions, of course, but for the most part, brokers aren't going to teach you any sales stuff. They're not going to teach you sales training. And even if they were to, the ultimate challenge that an agent in an office has is if the broker is telling everyone in the office specifically what to say if they were to call, say, for example, for sale by owner, and then all of a sudden all, every agent in the office is calling it, you know, every new for sale by owner saying the exact same thing. Well, the script doesn't work then. So brokers are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place as far as you know training and providing information. So you guys have to be really, really clear about the point I previously made. Your success or failure is not dependent on your broker. Now, you can choose a broker that will make um, transacting you know, deals harder for sure. Uh, but for the most part, most brokers are offering the same thing. There are exceptions. Um, and I'm thinking of like Elite Pacific out in Hawaii. They definitely go above and beyond in many ways spoiling agents. Um, you know, with a lot of ancillary services that they have on staff, but you have to pay for them. Um, so, you know, it's not free, and nor should it be free because the quality of the marketing stuff that they help you. But we're talking about home brochures, and we're talking about the basic stuff that every agent should be doing for listings anyway. Um, and, again, some of the stuff that they provide you can find yourself. You could have done yourself, and it goes back to my point that brokerage, for the most part, what brokers are doing is they have to provide, a, you know, a safe, quote-unquote, legal environment for you to tr do transactions. That is really all they're, that they're required to do. So when you guys are thinking about switching brokerages or you guys are thinking about um, you know, joining a brokerage or you know, even starting a brokerage, a lot of times agents will they have their head screwed on crooked. They'll say, well, which brokerage is going to provide me with the most leads? None. And no brokerage should be even remotely suggesting they're going to provide leads to you. I know some buy buyer leads and try to disperse them, but at the end of the day, those, that doesn't really work either. So, you know, if you're trying to value a brokerage based on what they're going to give you, that's not really the way to think about it. You, the way to value a brokerage on a whole is different than what, how you guys go about doing it. A lot of you sometimes will say, who's going to give me the best commission split? Really, that's a relevant question, certainly one of the top three or four questions, but not the most important question. Um, the complexity of making a smart decision because it's a challenge to switch brokerages, especially if you have deals going on or listings going on. It's a hassle to switch brokerages. But I'm going to give you guys the punchline, and then again, we're going to do this series uh, for you so you guys can, you know, think like business people. And brokers don't take this wrong because you know it's true. 
your brokerage, the name of the brokerage doesn't really matter. There are exceptions, of course, but for the most part, it doesn't really matter. Julie and I were with Remax, and for a very short time, Julie was with, you know, by short time, I mean like three months, she was with Keller Williams. So there are, uh, there was never a deal that we closed, especially when we were with Remax selling in Ohio, where the age or the seller or the buyer really cared that we are with Remax or not. They are doing business with you as an individual. For fun, um, this is we started doing this like our third or fourth year. We started doing a survey at closing, um, you know, just asking basic customer service questions. We had a gal that was closing transactions. We had some people that are on our team staff that, you know, their commission bonus was based on the rating that the seller or the buyer gave them at closing. It was a form that they'd fill out and, you know, did so-and-so do a great job, one out of five, you know, da 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 asking specific questions. And then another question that we snuck in there is what brokerage or brand uh, is the Harris family team with? And we put down different choices. It wasn't a fill-in-the-blank. We put Remax, we put this, we put the other, blah, 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 blah. and they didn't know. <laughs> now, that kind of this was back when we were in our 20s, late 20s. That was an epiphany for me. That was like, wow, they don't know. And so really, what is it that a broker provides? Because, again, in Ohio was a state where there was prominence laws. In other words, you had your – and Julie and I got in trouble for this many, many times where agents and brokers would turn us in. But when you looked at a for sale sign, for example, the brokerage's information had to be the same prominence as the agent's information. Prominence was uh, subjective. So you had – uh, you know, is it is the is the Harris family team logo uh, brighter or is it larger? Is the font style more attention grabbing? Is all these silly things, you know, and just all these other you know. So when you looked at one of our signs, it was like there's big Remax and there's big Tim and Julie, but people still after they did a deal with us would remember Tim and Julie. Now many states don't have crazy laws like that. Many states it doesn't matter how big the brokerage's information is. You know, you go to California, you go to Austin, Texas, you go to certain markets, and you see, you know, you'd see Tim and Julie Harris, and then you would have to, you'd just assume Tim and Julie Harris is the broker because way down at the bottom, tiny, 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 tiny small print would be the name of the brokerage. And that is even more important that you understand than those markets where the brokerage is not really that relevant to the buying and selling decision of that consumer. Consumers are not searching for, show me all eight REMAX agents in Austin, Texas. That's not how they search. They search for homes for sale. That's the reason that Julie and I always go back to trying to get you guys to focus on not worrying about all these things that you worry about, like building your brand and all the rest of it. If you have listings, they're going to find you. That's where you win, is on the listing side of the business. Your brand is that of the person who has listings. Um, and it all comes from listings. And when you join our coaching program, all of our best energies are focused on getting you to be a listing agent. And all the other stuff, if you want to talk about it, the branding and the teams and the social networking and the Instagramming and all that stuff, it comes later, if it ever comes at all, because for the most part, you guys are going to get it. You're going to build your listing inventory. You're going to start getting you know, uh, business from your for sale signs and your sold signs. And you're going to realize this, all this other stuff was just static. It was just noise. So this all goes back to the how to go about choosing your brokerage or how to switch brokers and all that. And, again, we're going to get into the particulars of this. This, by the way, information will be very good for brokers also when you're trying to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. And um, we might even be as so bold to make suggestions as to what brokerages we would we, uh, refer our agents to 
in individual markets and for what reason. And you'll find that we're not going to ever say we think you should go with ABC you know, brokerage in Kansas City because the, the broker is a really nice guy. We're going to show you how to think like a business person when making significant financial decisions because this stuff matters. You can leave hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. We've had coaching calls where we all talk to somebody who you know, sells and makes lots of money. They're very successful, the top agent in their marketplace, but they don't have any money saved. And then you go, like, not a significant amount, and then you get into the meat and the potatoes, and you look at their profit and loss, and you start asking them questions about their commission splits and all that. And then you you figure out quickly that they're essentially the, – the money doesn't make sense for them anymore at the volume which they're producing based on the output, based on the net profit that they're receiving. And so that's a conversation that might result in a conversation with the brokerage about commission splits. So, again, this is all the stuff we're going to talk about so look forward to that. It's boring, but it's also necessary that you guys have your head screwed on straight about that. Any thoughts, Julie? Well, I mean, it is not the most sexy topic in the world. That's true, but it's, it is uh -uh. mission critical because one of the most disruptive things that can happen in an agent's life is switching brokers. So we want you to make good decisions for those of you who are newer in the first place and those of you who, for whatever reason, are considering a change. <clears throat> the only thing worse than making that change, disruptive-wise, is having to do it again because you can lose a whole quarter or a half a year changing around your signs and lockboxes and all these things. So make really good decisions that you can stick with for really good reasons. And our job as you know your current coaches or future coaches or people you listen to on the podcast is to help educate you to make those correct decisions for yourself and your family. So, yeah, n you know, not super exciting, but super important. I would agree with that. Yeah, we and have to do that. So let's, a Julie, very let's timely put thing. That, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's put that together and give this information to these well, guys sometime in the next uh, month or so. Okay, good. All right, yep. so let's finish with the good. ultimate addendum. I'll keep my app shut. <laughs> okay, so on yesterday's podcast, we were talking about all of those crazy things you guys deal with. And I realize if you're newer to the business, maybe you haven't dealt with all these things, but certainly our grizzled veterans and, you know, agents where this is not your first rodeo, you guys were nodding your heads, yes, saying, yep, dealt with that, dealt with that one, check, hate dealing with that. Many of these things are related to financing and the fact that the final underwriting doesn't happen until right before closing. So we have used ourselves in the past, this thing that we have named the ultimate addendum and we want to share that with you so here's the mission to force the buyer's lender whether it's your buyer or another agents on your listing to get an approval not just pre-qualified get an approval well before the week of closing not days or hours before and not with an extension needed and if you guys have noticed but Sellers don't really like extending the terms of the contract and closing a week or two weeks or a month late. They generally don't like that conversation. And I know you guys don't either. So things to consider, and then I'm going to show you some suggested wording. <clears throat> and our premier coaching clients, this is all posted for you guys, to use and adapt and adopt. But uh, how might you adapt this? So things to consider, then we'll get into it. Cultural practices. If you live in a market where 90% of your deals are cash, then modify to reflect that. If you're in a military market, farm and ranch, all condo, modify based on your own closing challenges. Simply make a list of anything that we didn't mention in yesterday's podcast of the things that wreck a closing, and then build those into your own ultimate addendum. 
consider timing modifications for your market. Just because it's supposed to take 17 days in your market to do inspections doesn't mean you have to take that long. Modify it back to 10 days to get the ball rolling faster if that's been an issue for you in the past. Appraisal issues. If you're selling still for you know, a significant amount more than the highest last comp, you're in for a cut appraisal. So talk to your clients before that happens about what they'll do if it happens. And by the way, we've dedicated entire podcasts to how to fight a low appraisal. So get into uh, realestatecoachingradio.com and look that up if that's still an issue for you. So how to use the ultimate addendum, either as an addendum upon acceptance or as a counteroffer, depending on what the rest of the negotiation looks like. And when to use it. When you're the listing agent, certainly, every time you send over to the buyer's agent, even if they have a strong-looking financial letter. The exception is, of course, all cash deals because you don't run into the underwriting issue with those, but you're certainly going to ask for proof of funds and do a drill down on that. So <clears throat> on to some suggested wording. We'll call it Addendum A. Remember, all addendums have to be presented to the other party, so you might feel like you want to turn this into a nice conversation with the other agent, but formalize it into an addendum so they have to actually do something about it. So lender's letter of pre-approval, this is suggested wording. Lender's letter of pre-approval, that's an important word, not just pre-qualification, to be received within 10 business days of contract acceptance, specifically verifying the following. Now you notice that I'm giving 10 business days. You might do seven business days. But you're not asking for this in three because we're going to really get specific on what we actually want the letter to reflect. Not just, yeah, you know, Joe Byers probably pre-approved and can buy this house with no specific details. <clears throat> Excuse me. So letter of pre-approval to uh, verify the following. A, that the buyer's down payment is adequate for the purchase price of this home. That's important. Newbies have no idea what I'm talking about. Lender letters are very generic and boilerplate. We're asking for them to verify that the buyer's down payment is adequate for the purchase price of this home, you know, the one they're in contract for, at the contract price that it's been verified and is acceptable to the lender. There's a lot in that little section. Point number B, the buyer's employment and employment history have been verified and are adequate for the purchase of this home at contract price. So why am I saying this home at contract price? Because maybe they sent you, you know, a six-month-old lender letter of pre-qualification when they were planning on spending $350,000, but they're in contract at $425,000. So we want to be very specific. Next, that the buyer's credit has been checked with all three reporting bureaus and is adequate for the purchase of this home at contract price with the verified down payment amount. Next, buyer is not contingent on the sale of any property, real estate, or otherwise. That removes that secret contingency, ideally. And Tim, you can slow me down if I'm starting to speak gibberish here. Um, this is no, you're more fine. advanced you, stuff you, than you, we sometimes do for these guys. Well, but it, you know, we're going to be posting notes on the on the website, timandjulieharris.com. Yep. And guys, remember, this is just a little tiny taste of what you get as a Premier Coaching member. Yeah. So if you're interested in joining Premier Coaching. Um, the best time to learn this stuff is before you have to learn it. When you have to learn it, it's sure. probably too late. 
Yeah, and you guys who send us the occasional, holy shit, Tim, I called a FISBO and or expired, or my, you know, I did what you asked and I generated a listing lead. Can you help me put my listing, my pre-listing pack together in 24 hours? The answer is no. You know, you you waited too long. You didn't listen. So um, the same thing with stuff like this. The best time to know how to get this stuff sorted out is before it actually happens. The best time to have your you know bullets loaded is before you go into battle, not while you're there. It makes sense, right? So. Yep. Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And I, uh, we added a very, very cool new thing to that website, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. When you go there, you can click the button and speak directly with one of our coaches. You don't have to schedule. It connects you directly to one of our new member coaches, and they'll help you work on your uh, 2019 business plan. So definitely take advantage of that. And, uh, yeah, you'll, many of you will want to join the Premier Coaching Program where this ultimate addendum is just a small sampling of the drilled-down information that we give you. Julie? Yes, you got it. So <clears throat> thank you for giving me a speaking break, too. All right, we've got mm-hmm. point number E. The buyer's ratios are verified and adequate for the purchase of subject property at contract price with the down payment employment and credit in alignment. I should probably read that again. The buyer's ratios are verified and adequate for the purchase of subject property at the contract price with their said down payment, employment, and credit in alignment. So you can see how we're building what the lender should be doing but doesn't do until three days before closing. We are essentially forcing them to work ahead. Point number F, here's one. Buyer's identity has been verified and is sufficient for the lender. That gets rid of the not U.S. citizen, not properly documented issue. Point number G, the buyer has been advised not to apply for new credit until after the closing of this property. That's something we hope the lender talks about with them. Certainly you as the, you know, when you're a buyer's agent, that is appropriate for you to have that conversation. Hey, you know what? Don't apply for new credit until you've actually closed because the lender is approving you based on your actual credit at this point in history. And they will recheck that. Some lenders recheck it the day before closing. So be careful with your credit. That may be, if they're really tight and they're like an FHA buyer with a 3% down and their ratios aren't great, you know, applying for a cell phone might tick their credit under by three points and wreck their deal. You know, you just have to be careful. Point number H, buyer has disclosed any simultaneous closing requirements and lender finds such as acceptable. Won't get too detailed into that. Uh, but it should be in the addendum. Point number I, the buyer is not dependent upon commission kickbacks or other contributions in order to execute this contract. Okay, now here's an optional uh, set of things that you can embed in here. Depends on what side you're on and what the buyer is willing to do. So uh, note that many of you have some market-specific board-approved appraisal and home sale contingencies, uh, escalation addenda, make sure that you know what your board already pumps out for you in terms of standard forms for, um, you know, appraisal issues, short sale addendums, um, escalation clauses, home sale contingencies. Usually there's some standard stuff. If not, it's okay to write your own. Uh, So make sure you don't have any legal terminology in this. We're not playing attorneys, so don't go hog wild on this. This is all situational-based kind of language. So these are some option things. Should appraisal become an issue, buyer and seller shall split the difference up to X amount of dollars. Or should the appraisal become an issue, buyer shall agree to pay up to but not over X percent of appraised value. Or 
should buyer be in a competitive situation, buyer to escalate up to X percent of the list price, not to exceed blank. You might say contingent on the sale of the buyer's home, however, seller shall continue to market the home. Should seller receive a non-contingent offer, buyer shall be given 72 hours to remove the home sale contingency and proceed to close, decide to become a backup offer, or cancel the contract in writing. Now, note to self, consider what happens to the buyer's earnest money deposit funds in any of these types of situations. You may want to be specific. It varies greatly from market to market how that is handled and is very much regulated uh, legally how to do this. So be careful about that. It's always wise to check with your broker or legal counsel for cultural expectations in your marketplace, not to mention the legal precedent for some of this. And that's why I always default uh, whenever necessary, whenever you can, use your board forms. Many of them are very well written and cover you legally. So that's why they exist. And if not, you can always call legal counsel and get some advice on that or talk to your broker. So that's our uh, ultimate addendum. You don't have to use everything on there, but this is the list of uh, how to word your counteroffer or your addendum to basically cover your butt. Now, a smart buyer's agent, when receiving this back, their first reaction is probably going to be to freak out, like I've never seen anything like this before. You're, you're sure being picky that a really smart buyer's agent will go, aha, I see what you're doing there. You're trying to get us to move the loan along faster so that if there are any red flags, like their ratios aren't great and their credit isn't quite good enough at this purchase price because their down payment's too small, we're not going to find out about that three hours before closing. And they may counter you. But this is to uh, an attempt to cover everybody's butts from these 11th hour problems. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? I burned through a lot of information. No, no, it's good. It's good. The essence of what um, this addendum is all about is assuming, like we said the other day, that the other side is not that competent at their jobs. Ooh, harsh. Shouldn't have said that. I know. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. That's true. It's true. Most agents won't have had the experience to know that all the things in this ultimate addendum should have been done with their buyers prior to actually presenting an offer on one of your listings. You are guilty of not knowing all the stuff that Julie had just listed off to you that you should have ran, made sure the lender uh, you know, checked with your buyer before you put them in your car. Same thing. It's ignorance, and it's not bliss. So that's the reason that you need to use formage like this because it covers up or it basically roots out where people are, you know, ignorant or lazy. And lenders are at the heart of a lot of this because, as we told you the other day, they have no interest in spending any time with your buyer until the buyer's in contract, until after you've wasted all the nights and weekends and gone through the inspections and all the rest of it. Then they actually do the three merge credit report. Then they actually determine, hey, guess what? This person can't buy anything, let alone the house you have in contract on. And then you're left realizing that, oh, my gosh, I just wasted all this time, and then I hate real estate and whatever, whatever. I mean, the usual emotional cycle that agents go through. So use this ultimate addendum, guys. It's going to save deals. But really what it's going to do, it's going to save you from the emotional, a lot of the emotional ups and downs in real estate because it's going to get you to the end zone quicker as far as, you know, getting deals and contracts. So this yeah. is just a taste of what you get as far as, um, you know, in our coaching program. Premier Coaching is just how many, Julie. How many hours do you think it is? Really, all the different content we've loaded up in there. In the I don't past know. I've never years. counted up hundreds, if yeah. not thousands. I mean, well, it's a lot. It's this. It's designed. It's the the coaching program. You do get a live daily semi-private coaching call. You get that, but that's not Which the I'm coaching about to program, go to. really. 
Yeah, which you which you are about to go to. The, matter of fact, you can go ahead and go to it, so you're not late. The real coaching is happens with Premier Coaching, and I know a lot of you guys join just so you can be on the semi-private coaching calls, just so you can participate on the private Facebook page. But that's not really the heart of it. The content that's there, that's waiting for you, just goes miles and miles. Uh, it doesn't matter what market you're in. I was talking with a, um, an agent this morning who's putting together a $25 million deal. I talked with an agent, um, let's see, earlier this morning, who's working on a $12 million deal. Those are most of what Julie and I deal with as far as private clients. But a bulk of the people in real estate are selling houses that are two hundred to $250,000. You know, that's the real market. So the point is, is Premier Coaching is literally working, proven to work uh, in all price ranges. So the scripts, the dialogues, the pre-listing pack, everything we give you works in all price ranges in all markets and all market conditions. So there it is. Guys, if you're interested, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Remember, you can hit, click the button to have an instant coaching call and be connected uh, directly with one of our coaches. If you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.